Hello. Hello. Welcome to MMA and Stuff on HalfGuarded.com, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. My name is Matt. That is Michael Coughlin, Esquire. How are you tonight, good sir? I'm fan. I'm watching dog videos, so I'm great. Um, like what kind? Just random shit of just dogs being cute. I like the ones, the slow motion ones, where yeah. the dog can't catch the food. Oh, that's great. You know that one? Oh, I love when you see a dog like that, and like eventually he gets that look on his face, kind of like, look, I know that I'm a dog, and this is kind of like the thing I'm supposed to do with my life, and mm-hmm. I've completely failed at it. Can we all just like pretend like it didn't happen? It can happen to any dog. It's totally natural. Every once in a while, you just you go a little limp when you're going for it, and just, you know, just stop looking at me. I have a dog story to share with our I, listener. I wondered about uh, where you were. I assumed that, because you said, like, speaking of pure evil, I assumed there was something to do with your dog. (laughs) No, I meant the show is pure evil. Oh, yeah. But uh, tonight, we, uh, I forget, we ran out for an errand or something, me and the kids, and we get back. And after, like, 10 minutes or something, Emma's like, ah, what's that? Uh, oh, I stepped in dog dog poop or whatever. I'm like, oh, great. Then I look and she's like tracked it all through the kitchen. Oh. And then we're like, oh, Lucy pooped on the floor. She pooped in the living room on the hardwood floor. My daughter walked in it, walked upstairs, walked downstairs, walked through the kitchen. It's like tracked everywhere. So we had to clean it up, but it's like getting in between, you know, like on a wood floor, like the little... Slats, is, yeah. yeah, the slats in between. I'm trying to get it out of there. It was awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm a little. I had uh, a cleaner can... shoe. Then there was like a map by the door we had to put in the washing machine. It was a whole thing. I'm kind of concerned about your daughter's spatial awareness. You didn't seem to be very aware of her surroundings or anything. She's walking around in dog shit like around the whole house, and like only it takes her a while to notice it. Like... We we did have a discussion about that, okay. and I'm like, how did you not notice that? And she's she like, shoes I don't on? Know. She had shoes on, yeah. Oh, okay. Which is the first issue. Usually we take our shoes off when we come in. There's like a bucket for the shoes by the door. But I don't know if her stepping in at barefoot or in her sock would have been necessarily better either. Yeah, because at least you would hope that if she stepped in at barefoot, she would notice. You would think. Uh, but yeah, it, it was it was awesome. Anyway, um, we had USC on Fox this past weekend. It was on Saturday night. I don't know how to make a segue from that. I was trying. Uh, this was the last Fox show that UFC will have for the foreseeable future. It was at the Fiserv Forum in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Attendance was 9,010 people with a total gain of $616,000 and $600. 33 cents you know if, 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 if i had uh if i had been thinking about that in advance yes. i would have i would have maybe gone if i don't be the last show ever on fox but does that really matter no no but i, I guess this was like the the second best ratings in two years or something for a fox really? show yeah yeah uh in the main event al Iaquinta 
defeated Kevin Lee by unanimous decision. Oh, that explains the ratings. Okay. 48, 47, 48, 47, 49, 46. Uh, big win for Rage and Al. I, I imagine Kevin Lee would have been the, the betting favorite in this fight. And uh, it, it was a it was a competitive fight. Um, even you can tell by the scorecards, obviously. But I Quinta, I think, won the first, fourth, and fifth rounds. Lee got, I think, a couple takedowns in the second and third and had, had the back at one point. But the fourth and fifth round, it was just like I Rage and Al wanted it more, and he was raging, throwing punches, and just lighting Lee up. And I think Lee thought he could coast and maybe won the first three rounds. He just looked lethargic and like he didn't really want it as much. You know, it's funny, but just kind of talking about this stylistically, Al fought kind of. By the way, it's really weird to call him Al. Like, I guess that is his name. He's Al Iaquinta, but I always say Al Iaquinta, the whole name. Yeah. I never say Al. Like, his name is. Al, his he's like his girlfriend calls him Al. Do you think it's short for Albert or Alfred? Uh, that would that would be Albert. That's why I'm not allowed to interview people. I don't know. I think this, this is a hard. Kind of... Hey, hey, what's your name? What's your full name, by the way? That'd be my first question. Honestly, I'm, I'm now I'm more curious about that than uh, anything else. Well, actually, I'm curious about that in his real estate dealings. We could probably find out what his full name is through some sort of like licensing. Alexander, what the hell? Okay, that. Why would you go by Al? And Alex is good. I didn't even think about Alexander. Huh. No one goes. No one shortens Alexander to Al. Yeah. No, anyway. Anyways, point is, is that the way he fought kind of was like uh, Max Holloway and Nick Diaz. Like as far as like that pressure, yeah. hands down. Not not like not like his hands were down down, but he you know he wasn't. He was a very pressure style striker and he's a guy who's not a you know he's not like a smooth striker or anything like that you know it's not israel asanya israel asanya whatever that fucking dude's name adesanya adesanya yeah well he's not like you know anson silver or somebody like that you know this is a dude that's just kind of an ugly white guy and he's making it work for him i think as far as realtors go he's the best at fighting in the world you think he's better than Brian Stan? Yep. Yeah. I know Brian Stan might be able to beat him in a fight. Well, he's a lot larger. Um, I'm sorry. Were we talking about the best pound for pound realtor in the world or just the overall best realtor in the world? I don't know that. For, does Stan have his license? Uh, he runs like a real estate empire or something like that. I'm, sure, I'm sure he could sell a house. He Probably. blew them up in Iraq. Fair. Children said. Yeah, but they would, those weren't sturdy houses. No, they were made by uh, the fine Bluth family. Uh, this brings Rage and Al's record up to 14 4 and 1 in his last uh, 11, 12, 7 fights. He's 6 and 1. His only loss, a unanimous decision loss, loss to Khabib. Now, Rage and Al's on a a little bit of uh, now he's he's still a raging Al, not an Alexander the Great, but he's 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 moving up the rankings. I saw he was like ranked like number five or something like that. And he's I kinda four now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I'm like that that kind of fits. That makes sense. Like that's about where I would have him. I guess. Uh, Kevin you know, Lee's no joke. Like this, yeah. this is a big win. 
it, it, it wasn't a fluke. Like he every he took everything that Kevin Lee had. He he went up against Kevin Lee's very best. Lee had his back, worked for a choke, all this stuff. And Ray Janelle was very calm throughout it, and he broke him. I mean, he he won this fight by just breaking a man. It was like I don't say shocking. That seems a little too strong, but he really should be in in the mix with. Uh, you know, a Poirier or somebody like that. He called out Connor after the the oh, fight. Sure. Yeah. Which... So it's sort of Anderson Silva. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, top ten lightweights. Obviously, you've got Khabib as champ, and you've got Ferguson, Connor, Dustin Poirier, Ray Janelle, Kevin Lee, Edson Barboza, Justin Gaethje, Pettis, Michael Chiesa, and Nate Diaz. Yeah, I was looking at that earlier today because uh, I don't that, know why. That's a that's, good division. Except for the – there's one name there that really stood out to me. Chiesa? As, no, Pettis. Oh, okay. I, was, I don't know. It's just like Anthony Pettis, first of all, I'm surprised he's in the company, let alone ranked <laughs> in the top ten of a division. You like, think that's just based on his name? Um, well, he did beat uh, – he, he's got some okay ones. I looked at like his record. It's this weird back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and he's dropping down weight classes and moving up. And like he lost to Poirier, but there's a hell of a fight, and then he won a fight. And it's not that he's bad or anything. I just don't think of him as being like a top 10 guy. I, I feel like a top 10 guy should be, I don't know, some Russian dude that nobody – like you can't say his name. Yeah, he's he's won and lost back to back to back at this point. Like – you know, he wins one, loses one, the last six fights. So, like, he's a he's a good fighter, but I I do think he's probably kept afloat by his name and his past reputation. I just yeah. I would not favor him against like like any of uh, those guys. Yeah, like and not just that, but like there's a drop off. Although you know what, there's kind of like a drop off. It seems between like I Quinta and everyone else because like Kevin Lee is a really good dividing line in that division now. Mm. Well, the the other guy who looked pretty impressive on the show was Edson Barboza. He was in the semi-main event. He defeated Dan Hooker by knockout with a punch to the body at 219 of the third. Um, Hooker just was too tough for his own good. Like, this Hooker took a bad beating. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it was was Weinstein-like. It it was just impressive what, what, what this Hooker put up with. I mean... It really was, though. I mean, this hooker just kept showed a getting, lot of heart. Kept, kept getting beaten on by, and, and, and just it, this hooker knew that the money was worth it. You just don't complain. You don't say anything, and, and this hooker didn't stop until the until he was done beaten. I mean, it really, though. Like all joking aside, and it's not a very good joke. In fact, it's downright pathetic. Barbosa beat the fuck out of this man. Like Hooker, look, Hooker is is what happens when you try the uh, Iaquinta style and it doesn't work. Like if you try to like pressure a guy and break him, and the guy just beats the shit out of you for twelve minutes. Eventually, what happens is a man. I mean, Hooker was walking towards him with his hands down, and he you could tell he was begging for Barbosa to hit him with something hard enough to end it. But it wouldn't happen. It was like proposing like a little cat toying with a dead mouse. And this mouse, also known as a prostitute mouse, was just begging for it, begging for one final, you know, le petite more, if you will. And it, it just didn't come until it did. A lot of body shots, too. 
Ah, yeah, you know, all just sprayed all over Hooker's, Hooker's body. It was, yeah. Uh, Rob Five defeated Sergio Pettis, uh, 30-27 on all three cards. Pettis, like I predicted, would be too small. And yeah, he was he way. He was, he was smaller was... and slower. Not a good combination. Yeah, he and he was. It was like one of those noticeable smaller things. You're just like, oh man, your career's fucked. <laughs> Enjoy the... fighting in Japan or Singapore or whatever. Like, like his dudes, like his fucking career prospects are essentially a glorified version of blood sport. Uh, Charles Rivera. Um extended his record for most submissions in the UFC to 12, defeating Jim Miller with a rear naked choke at 115 of the first. This was weird, especially for like a guy like Jim Miller, who you know is like a black belt and has submitted tons of guys on the ground. Like, Oliver just got his back like a minute in and put got in a rear naked choke. It was it was I found it very odd that Miller wasn't able to defend better here. It's very poetic, if you will, to, to bookend this decade of their respective careers where Miller just – remember when he tapped out Oliver with that knee bar, it was one of the weirdest knee bars because he just kind of rolled and he grabbed it. And everybody's like watching and Miller just kind of like slowly grabbed it. And then he like – it was almost like Oliver didn't know what was happening. And then he's like, oh, shit, I better tap. And this time – he just took the back with ease and grabbed the choke and choked him out. And old Jim Miller really shouldn't be fighting anymore. Like yeah. this is Dana White wants to give uh, Oscar De La Hoya shit for, for, for Chuck. Well, Jim Miller's really not that far away from it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Miller's lost five of his last six. Um, so there you go. He's 35 now, 29 and 13. I think he's got the most fights in UFC history or something. I think he's never won most fights. And I think Cerrone's the most wins. Oliveira's the most. Uh, they should do Oliveira versus uh, Cerrone. Cerrone beat the shit out of him once before. Oh, that's right. Body shot from hell. You're right. I and, remember that. And you know where it was? Uh, Denver. Milwaukee. I've heard of that. Yeah. Uh, I did not see any of the prelims. Uh, they were on Fox Sports 1. Zach Otto defeated Dwight Grant. Didn't see it. <laughs> Drakkar Close defeated Bobby Green. Did not see it yet. Joachim Silva defeated Jared Gordon. Nope. Uh, Jack Hermanson defeated your buddy Gerald Mearshart. Oh. Submission guillotine choke. I heard about that. <laughs> Zach Cummins defeated Trevor Smith. Nope. Dan... Aige defeated Jordan Griffin. Unanimous decision. I'm watching that fight right now, and it's not bad. Okay. Sorry I nah, gave I you the spoiler. I, I, I don't really care. Now I know I can skip the last round. Mike Rodriguez defeated Adam Milstead, and Juan Adams defeated Chris De La Roca on the fight pass prelims. Fight of the night went to Silva versus Gordon, and performances went to Ray Janelle and Charles Oliveira. Should be raging. De La Roca. It's a Rage Against the Machine joke. Yeah, Zach, I get yeah. it. Thank That's you for explaining yeah. it. I was explaining it to the listener. I don't want him to feel left out. Fair. People, it's like, you know, nobody likes Dennis Miller unless they're smart. And I want people to realize that they can be smart too. I feel like smart people don't like Dennis Miller either. Well, they don't get the references unless you're smart, you see. Or have a wide knowledge of... Uh, Let's just move on. 
Uh, let's move on to Bellator. Another sad, <laughs> sad affair. Uh, they had two shows this weekend, one on Friday and then one on Saturday. The first on Friday was on Paramount, and then the Saturday show was only on DAZN. I saw none of the Saturday show, but I saw some of Bellator 212, the Friday one. That was the one where Michael Chandler defeated Brett Primus by unanimous decision, 50-45 on all three scorecards. Um, And that sucked. Okay. It, it, It was fine. It was just Chandler was just a better wrestler. He just took him down. Right. So that's, uh, I believe, Chandler's third lightweight title win in Bellator, for you keeping track at home. In the semi-main event, Javi Ayala defeated Frank Mir by TKO at 4.30 of the second round. Uh, this was sad, would be one way to describe it. Mir got a takedown in the first. It might have even won the first. But for some reason in the second, like he got pushed up against the cage, lost his mouthpiece, and then just got punched in the face a bunch and tapped out. It was like he was dead tired or something. Like it was but like, it, like was in weird. the first, he didn't do shit. He had like side control and just kind of laid on top of him. I don't know why he was so gassed. It wasn't. Well, I'm going to, I'm guessing it's because he's, you know, old and fat and work hard and she has like a side career as a stand-up comedian and a podcast and all these other factors that may have contributed to uh, the subtle decline in Frank Mir's skill set. Did you see his daughter was there, like one of his cornermen? Maybe that's not the best move. Was she attractive? Uh, No. Oh, Oh, never mind then. I mean, you might be into her. I don't know. Um, like is she, she wait, the, is she eighteen? She play. I don't believe so. Oh, She's no, in right. high school. And I oh, think I'm she done plays, with this conversation. She plays for, on like the boys' football team. Oh, that's. Let me. I'll find out. Frank Muir's daughter. This is getting odd. It's you asked a question. No, her name is wait, Isabella. Wait, 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 wait. I'd like to point out for the record. Wait, wait. Her name's. Look, she's in high school. I don't think that MMA reporters should be uh, focusing on underage children if, anymore. You know, it seems like it's she's, a, she's also a wrestler. I don't know if she's in high school or college. That I can't find. But uh, either way, she was in the corner, I think. And seeing your dad get punched in the face like that and lose the fight is probably weird. Sounds like it'd be fucking awesome, but, you know. In your situation, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We also had AJ McKee defeating Daniel Crawford with an anaconda choke. Which AJ McKee is this? Uh, the younger one. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think the good they, one, the one that's actually good. I think I remember this. He like really cinched it on. I remember he like rolled with it and held it on for a long time. If I'm if I'm thinking of the fight, I watched Probably. a lot of that shit on Friday. I had nothing to do. Shocker. Weird. Can't yeah. imagine why. In a women's flyweight fight, Juliana Velasquez defeated Alejandra Lara, and in the opener, Sam Sasola defeated Derek Combos by split decision. Like, are you are you just going to gloss over the significance of that victory for uh, Sam Cecilia? His giant return to the big show is one step closer. On Saturday, we had Bellator two thirteen McFarland versus Letourneau. Uh, this was for the Women's Flyweight Championship of the World. McFarlane got the win with a triangle at 319 of the third. Good for her. Do you have DAZN? No, I, I, got, I, I had it for uh, one day. 
and then I then I immediately canceled it because I was like, I don't want to actively get billed for this shit. So uh, yeah, I got rid of it. I like that we're reviewing a show neither of us saw any of. Leoto Machida defeated Rafael Carvalho by split decision. Sounds Ooh, exciting. Yeah, I can only imagine. Wow. And this shit was on, and this was from Hawaii. So, like, most of the country is watching this, like, I don't know, well after the witching hour. In uh, a fight that actually sounds kind of interesting, Neiman, Neiman Gracie defeated Ed Ruth with a rear naked choke at 215 of the fourth. Oh, you. Huh. One thing I did oh, see yeah, that's was... Right. These are all fucking five-round fights because of Rory McDonald. One thing I did see was um, that, it, like, the next day after Ed Ruth lost, there's video of him walking down staircases on his hands. It was really impressive. Like, oh. he went down, like, five flights of stairs on his hands. It's bizarre. It's like, I'll come back better than ever. Then he just, like, walked down all these stairs on his hands. It's pretty good. There's, like, a... Your average American couldn't walk down five flights of stairs on their feet. <laughs> Walking up them would be more challenging, I feel I like. know, but I'm not, I don't think they could do down either. Not, not without stopping. There's no way. I always get nervous when I try to slide down railings. You do, does that happen often? No, I don't really do it because I get nervous. I was going to say, it's like, are you required to do this? Like, is it, no, is the restaurant I, business, is this like no, the equivalent of a fireman in a pole? Just even as a kid, sometimes I would see a railing and think about it and be like, hmm, I'm going to hurt my ass or something on this. We also had Liam McGeary defeating King Mo by knockout, uh, 53 seconds of the third round. I actually saw a clip of this because there was some controversy that McGeary hit King Mo with like a, a cheap shot after the fight was over. Oh, I hope he did. And in the opener, uh, it's debatable. It's kind of weird. The ref kind of stepped in. King Mo was getting up. And then, like, McGeary didn't really hit him that hard. It was weird. I, I didn't really think much about it. But I think it was just clickbait stuff. Uh, in the opener, Nanwa Dung defeated Kona Oliveira by TKO. 205 of the third. There were some prelims and postlims, but we're not going to cover those tonight. No, we'll, maybe next we'll, week. Uh, you know who else fought this past weekend? Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, good job. He fought on the zone. I don't think anybody watched it. I didn't hear much about this fight. It was at MSG. Was it at MSG? I think it was at MSG, and it was like sold out 20,000 people or something. A lot of people there for it, but he was fighting a guy named Rocky Fielding, who was, I think... Um, Forget he was a champion, but like a secondary sort of bullshit boxing champ in a couple weight classes oh, he, up. He wasn't one of like the the real champions of boxing. He was one well, of the bullshit ones. Well, you see WBO a lot. It wasn't that. It was something else. Um, either way, I I don't know. I you didn't see much about this fight anywhere. It wasn't like people were talking about it, and you wonder. Um, you really got to wonder if DAZN's going to recoup all this money they're spending. Oh, I'm not really. I, I I don't really know what's going on with the world anymore. None of this stuff makes any sense. I kind of get the impression that all the people in charge see that the end is coming, and they're just saying, "Fuck it, let's just go crazy." And they're all just making crazy bets because they all know that somebody's going to run everything, and they're just taking their chance. And so some of the assholes like, "Fuck it, I'm going to start a, uh, a sports channel that you only use on the internet." And I'm gonna have I'm gonna pay hundreds of millions of dollars to a fighter to fight on it, 
And I'm not going to tell anyone. That's not true. I saw those Michael Buffer commercials a I lot. I probably saw those too. But do you think people pay enough attention to that sort of shit where they're like, oh, DAZN, I'll find that app and download it and start paying for it? No, of course not. This, yeah. this, this whole thing is it's, – it's, it's, first of all, that name really – you can't discount how stupid that name is. Like, that's a really <laughs> dumb name. Like, DAZN? Re- like, really – it sounds fucking. It doesn't sound like a sports thing at all. You could just call the Paramount Sports or something like that. People were like, "Oh, I'm gonna get the Sports Channel." Hey, what channel is that boxing one on? The new sports one, or what channel is that boxing on? I don't know. The Zone, the Zone. It sounds like you're gonna go to some sort of like gay German nightclub and dance to some sort of electronica. So that's probably part of their problem. It's a like branding. You know, you want to, you want Mexicans to watch your show, or do you want gay German dancers? I know which one I want to watch my sports channel, but call me old-fashioned. I like the gay dancers. So Canelo signed a five-year, 11-fight deal worth a minimum of $365 million. It's always good to guarantee a downside of $300 million. <laughs> and DAZN charges 10 bucks a month. Do that math. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Like it, it doesn't add. I mean, there's got to be more to it. But they also are paying for Bellator. They're paying for all this other shit too. Where it's like, most people. I mean, WWE with that huge name and all their pay per views only has like two million subscribers worldwide or whatever it is, and that's twenty million a month. I don't know. Man. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I can't do that kind of math. And I yeah. don't want to do that kind of math. The problem is, is that I don't think the people in charge are doing the math either. And that's that's really dangerous. At least I'm aware that like somebody's like, "Hey, should we make this deal?" I'm like, I don't know. There's a lot of math involved there. It's not really something I do. Then I would probably go home and try to do the math. And if I couldn't do it, I'd be like, "Hey guys, I can't do this math. I can't help out." So I'm like these guys, are like, "Hey man, should we do this deal?" I'd be like, "Hey, there's a lot of math involved. Fuck it, do it." <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta. Uh... Take a take a swing, I guess. I mean, sometimes you just got to spend three hundred million dollars on something. Man, we've all been there. Like you're like you're out Christmas shopping, and like you, you got to get some gift. Like, man, I can't help it. It's got to go buy me a sports network. Speaking of taking a swing, Oscar De La Hoya wants to fight Dana White uh, in a boxing match. Apparently, over the last couple of weeks, uh, Dana and the Golden Boys CEO, Oscar De La Hoya, have been at odds. Um, Dana White did not like Chuck and Tito fighting. He called De La Hoya a cokehead. I think we talked a little bit about this in the, mm-hmm. the last show. Um, so eventually, De La Hoya was doing an interview saying you could beat up White in a fight, then yes. going as far as suggesting a three-round boxing match between them sure. to settle the score once and for all. What are you going to do uh, with the other two rounds? <laughs> He wants it to be on the undercard of a Canelo fight in May. Uh, Dana White spoke to TMZ and said, I just heard De La Hoya say on TMZ that he would kick my ass in the ring. That makes sense. This guy likes to see 50-year-olds fight, so it makes sense that's the fight that he'd want to do. <laughs> Good for Dana. Oh, man. Still, there's like a 50-50 shot this happened. Like, come on. If I thought we had reached the world like it peaked in the end of 2016 and there's 2017 then this year got even crazier come on man of course they're gonna fight next year 
Do you remember when Dana was going to box Tito? Yeah. I wrote a big scathing column about it. I was all righteous really? and upset about it. Because it was stupid. Like, it was a no win. And I'm glad eventually, I think eventually somebody realized, you know, all that's going to happen is Dana's going to make Tito look stupid or Tito's going to beat up Dana. Who cares? And then they stopped it. I feel like people would have bought the shit out of that if it was on pay-per-view. Yeah, but nobody was watching the sport period back then. Like, it wasn't like a big boom time. That was after 05, though. Oh, I guess. It, no, you're right. It was after. It was right there in the in the beginning of the thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it would have done something. But, jeez uh, Louise, man. That would have really just said, fuck it. We're not even trying to be a sport. That would have been one of the few fights I would have gone back and watched a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. As opposed to all the other ones you didn't. Right. That's uh-huh. what I'm saying. Like, there's some fights I've seen, you know, a handful of times or whatever, but um, something about those two boxing amuses me. God, it would be so awful. Imagine, like, Tito's the pro fighter, and he's just horrible at stand-up. <laughs> like, he's bigger and stronger and more athletic, and he should be able to win just based on, you know, being a fighter and not a, you know, exercise instructor. But he's really, really bad at punching people. I mean, he did knock out Chuck. So. And Ryan Bader. Yeah. He tapped out Bader. Well, yeah, okay. You're right. And there's no way that punch would have... I think that was just... Uh, yeah, no. Uh, one of Ryan Bader's former opponents, John Jones, uh, made the news again today. <laughs> Uh, I believe you <laughs> actually predicted this last week. Uh, it didn't take long at all. Jones will be subject to drug testing under USADA for his comeback fight against Alex Gustafson. But Jones has decided to pass on additional testing suggested by the California State Athletic Commission, which recently granted him a temporary license to fight. CSAC Executive Director Andy Foster informed MMA Junkie of Jones's decision on Wednesday. Earlier this week, Jones's attorney, Howard Jacobs, said a final decision hadn't been made. Jacobs did not respond to follow-up requests for comment. Uh, Jones's participation in the additional testing conducted by the Voluntary Anti-Doping Association was not a requirement of his licensure, but several commissioners told the 31-year-old fighter that signing on would improve his reputation. Yeah, I, I don't really know what these guys are thinking here. Oh, this still makes no sense. Oh, you can improve his reputation. Like, it'd be like if you want to get get your driver's license back because it got suspended for a DUI or whatever, and the judge is like, okay, you needed. I think it would be really good if you took these classes to uh, for rehabilitation. But here's your license anyway, so you're going to take the classes, and then you're like, yeah, sure, judge, and then you don't because. Who does that? Besides my mother. My mother would do that. But my mother probably wouldn't get suspended for a year and a half for using steroids in a cage fight also. I feel like she'd want to have an edge. Well, if, it depends on how if a doctor gave it to her, maybe. Senator, she could just, she could justify a it. Brazilian doctor. Uh, uh, I mean, she's, in theory, my mother does have problems achieving and maintaining an erection. Hmm. So I guess she could be given some pills like that. Fair. As a sweetener, the commission essentially agreed to pay for the extra effort, subtracting the cost of Vada's fees 
from a $205,000 fine, Jones paid for a positive steroid test at UFC 214. Initially, Jones appeared open to the idea of testing. Jacobs later qualified that his client was agreeable in principle to Vada, but needed to see the fine print of what was required. Uh, His lawyer said, we need to see exactly what it is that we're agreeing to as far as what Vada is testing for, when they test, what their restrictions are. What John Jones should do is every day get on Instagram live or whatever the fuck and uh, do his own random drug test and just show the results. Just go to the fucking Walgreens to get a over-the-counter thing and just like go in the bathroom and pee and come out and be like, look, guys, says I'm clean and just use that. <laughs> it would be just as point. I mean, come on. If it's going to be voluntary, honest to goodness, you know what? That's not the worst idea because then he could just be like every day in the public eye, showing people, hey, I'm clean. It sounds like something Trump would do, and that seems to work these days. On Monday, Jacobs told MMA Junkie there were some issues with the CSAC proposal for VADA testing, which called only to test Jones for performance enhancers and not drugs of abuse. Jacobs did not elaborate any further. So, yeah, I guess he's probably angry that, you know, that does make sense. John wanted to do it, but they weren't going to trust for test for all the drugs. So he thought, well, I'm not going to get my whole reputation back. He wanted them to test for everything. They wouldn't test for drugs of abuse. He's like, well, that's not fair. I want to show that I'm clean. The big difference between USADA and VADA is that VADA doesn't conduct its own results management and passes test results directly to the athletic commissions and fight where it's been employed. So, that that was the issue with this thing in the first place was California essentially was waiting for USADA's decision on Jones's penalty and then didn't like the penalty. And Andy Foster was bitching about the whole maybe don't maybe thing. don't maybe don't say that you're going to accept the penalty before you know what it is, you morons. I remember we went over this. I was just like it was dumbfounding even then, and then like you. It, in the only thing I can say in Brian Foster, Andy, whatever Foster's defense, is that USADA really did seem to go out of its way just to say, fuck you guys, we're corrupt. And I, to a degree, I'm like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Like, I mean, really, I, I could not imagine they were going to be like, eh, we're going to give him uh, five weeks. Huh? Yeah, five weeks. He turned over some state's evidence. Five fucking weeks is what he ended up getting from them. We don't even know he turned over. We don't know yet. Every time somebody pops, I assume it's Jones, though. Oh, yeah. We haven't had, we've only had like three since. Oh, there's been a few, but they're minor. I know. Like the, we, we they, gotta... there, were, there were like two today. Oh, were there? Yeah, but oh, they, were, they were guys no one's ever heard of. I got to update the thing then. Hang on, I'll find them. Uh, let's see. I'm sure they're important, though. No, they were so unimportant that I didn't even bother setting them aside. There are unimportant fighters. There's just small men. No, I think they were like welterweights. Oh. Let's see. Uh, I lied. They are. It is a small man. UFC featherweight Barat Vijay Kandarar, given two-year suspension by USADA. The 29-year-old Indian fighter has accepted a two-year suspension after violating the anti-doping policy. 
Uh, Kondorar tested positive for exogenous baldenone, an anabolic Jeez agent. Louise. <laughs> its metabolites in the failed test, as well as a metabolite for tamoxifen, which USADA classifies as a hormone and metabic, metabolic modulator. Kandar's two-year suspension <laughs> is retroactive to November 2nd. Um, had, he, had, he, had he ever fought? He has competed once in the UFC. Yeah. He lost his promotional debut yeah. via first-round submission Ooh. to Song Yudong last November. I don't know if you could really have much more of a of a disappointing career than fought once, lost in the first-round submission, suspended two years for steroids, <laughs> and really dumb steroids, too. Balderone. Like, what the hell? That's like Hulk Hogan in the 80s shit. Like, the Ultimate Warriors, like, come on, man. Let me see if I can find Like, Zeus audience. is out there going, really? You're still using Balderone? Uh, and there was one more, too, I saw. Oh, Jesse just missed weight. She's moving back to bantamweight. Oh, yeah. Or she couldn't make weight, and they just canceled the fight or something. She's supposed to fight uh, KGB Lee. Yeah, I she's think. still number one in my heart. <laughs> it means a lot. Uh, what if it did? What if it did mean a lot? Yeah. What if it meant a lot to her? Uh, that that good for you too. Yeah. Sweet. I'm just skeptical that it does. That's all. Me too. I don't. I don't think I'm capable of being loved. That you're probably not too far off. Let's see. I can't find the other one. It was somebody. It was some loser. No one's heard of. <laughs> real, real good analysis. I mean, uh, I like that uh, the the, fir- the first guy ever from India. That's just kind of sad because I don't think of Indians as cheaters. Like they that's seem like what, a, that's, that's racist. They seem like an honest people. I really do. Like every 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 interaction I've basically every interaction I've ever had in my life with an Indian has been positive, and I've and I knew a lot of them growing up. Like. Where I grew up, like there's a lot of Indian families. I like Indians; they're good people. So this man has brought great shame to his caste. <laughs> totally, I can't find. I wonder if he's allowed to train with people in other castes or not. I wonder how that works. I like, don't the, know. The, is that still is that still a big deal in India? Oh here? yeah, Justin still? Trudeau got in trouble for it. Because Justin Trudeau made some comment. I think it was that guy's Trudeau. always getting out of line. Well, he made some comments about so mouthy about how like they need to like basically he basically said like we should stop shitting on like the lowest caste system in India because like the highest caste like you guys are dickheads for doing this and then like the people in the highest caste gave him shit saying hey you're being racist towards us that's our culture and history so then he apologized to them. What, so, was that, what was that movie where the kid fell in the, the shit? Remember that what? movie? Kid that... fell in shit? <laughs> Sounds like your dog. No, it won like Best Picture. Uh, oh, was... uh, Slumdog Millionaire? Yeah, thank you. Yes. Yeah, I, didn't, I never watched it. Good movie. I bet it was. You know, I really haven't... I haven't given enough thought and put enough energy into appreciating how much I like Indians. <laughs> the only thing I don't like is the smell. The smell is really awful. And they know it too. The curry really seeps into the walls and it doesn't go away. But otherwise, like, I don't know, like the, the idea that like this guy was on Balderone, like it's India. Isn't it possible he just 
that's in all their food? Like, if the Mexicans can get away with telling me that their food is tainted, I sure as fuck believe that the Indians have tainted food. Could be. But do you think, how would Baldenone get into their curry? I don't know how any of this stuff gets into food. I think it's all a lie. But again, if they're going to believe that Mexicans have tainted food, so why would they put Baldenone in, like, the, the cows? And Oh, wait, they probably wouldn't be eating beef, would he? That'd be kind of awkward if the Indian Hindu was uh, eating cow. So he's screwed. Not all Indians are Hindu, are they? No, but like I think 27% of them are. That's a lot. Hmm. Think about this. There's a billion people, a billion plus people in India living in some sort of like like fourth century caste system. Yeah. They, we're, the, we're do- the world is really an awful place except for here. I wouldn't go that far, but um, it's not bad here. Yeah, it sounds like you hate America, motherfucker. So I found the other one. Oh. Took me a while, Some but chick? I didn't. Uh, up-and-coming welterweight standout Stefan Sekulik will be forced to ride the pine for the next two years after testing hot for the anabolic agent Drostanolone and its metabolites, <laughs> as well as a metabolite of these fucking hipsters are even doing like old school steroids <laughs> I think he's from Russia uh, Sekulik 26 test oh, positive uh, following an in-competition test conducted at UFC fight night in Moscow, Russia on September 15th these are non-specified substances in the class of anabolic agents uh, Cyclic's two-year period of ineligible- ineligibility begins on October 31st. Well, in his defense, though, because like when he did the test, he went into the room and he walked out and he even he even said to everybody when he came out, he goes, "I'm confused. There's no hole in the wall. What do we do with with specimens? How how is this supposed to work now?" I like how he speaks with broken English, but he knows the word specimen. Uh, he's got an accent. But he still has a very robust <laughs> vocabulary. How we put hole in wall specimen. Uh, yes. Stefan <laughs> came up short in his octagon debut at UFC Fight Night 136, losing to Ramazan Amiv via unanimous decision. You remember that one? Of course. Yeah, I wonder was... if I wonder if his test results came back positive only after it was determined that he lost, and then all of a sudden Putin's like, "And you go into the loser bin." <laughs> He just hits a button on his desk. It's like a, like a horse. You just put it down. <laughs> Breaks its leg. Uh, in other news... No I'll one tell knows. you this much. We'd yes. have a much different society. And our athletes would be, would be a lot different if they knew that there was a chance that they would just be shot dead if they stopped performing. I think more fights would go to decision. Yeah, there'd be a lot. Of, well, but think about it, though. Wouldn't that be not? I'm not talking just fighting. I'm talking all sports, mm-hmm. like basketball and stuff like that. How, you know, that's what that's what we need to do. People, how do we deal with toxic masculinity? This is how you you put men into sports. You tell them the loser dies and the winner gets to have sex with as many women as he can for the rest of his life. We're going to create and produce the greatest fighters and athletes ever. Someone who used to be a great fighter is Nick Diaz. Uh, earlier this month, UFC President Dana White confirmed that the former Strike Force champ would return to the octagon against Jorge Masvidal at UFC 235 in March. According to Diaz, however, uh, the 
he hasn't accepted the fight and he feels he's being lowballed by the UFC. He said, I think it's rude of the UFC to try and lowball me and expect me to negotiate a deal while I'm training for a fight. It's not going to go down like that. <laughs> wait, wait, why are you negotiating unless you've already agreed to the you should be training and negotiating. I agree. Most people don't train and negotiate. It kind of undercuts your negotiating stance. It's kind of like in the NFL, those guys, like, they got they don't go to camp because if they go to camp, it, tell, it kind of tells the boss that their holdout isn't all that serious. It's not going to go down like that. If anybody wants to fight me, they know where to find me. I'm not a hard guy to come get some. So Nick's plan is he's going to train for a fight. And if the UFC offers him enough money, it'll be in the UFC. But if they don't, he'll just encourage someone to come to his gym and he'll fight them. Which isn't the worst idea and it's a very Diaz idea. He puts that shit on pay-per-view. I'm watching it. Holy shit, how much money would I pay to watch Nick Diaz fight people off the street? Oh my gosh. Do you know the money you can make? That would be incredible. It would uh, definitely help with the uh, zone buys. That's for sure. Oh, I would subscribe to that fucking thing for a year. <laughs> Once a month, have bum fights with Nick Diaz. Uh, Jorge Masvidal responded on Twitter. Everybody's waiting on me to respond. I'm just waiting on a fight. I need to get paid. Neil Magny, where are you at? Hashtag easy money. I mean... That's a ballsy thing to say, man. Because, like, if you're sitting there looking, going, I got a chance to fight Nick Diaz. That's a big name. That's a big money fight. But I'm going to say, well, if I don't get Nick Diaz, hey, Neil Magny, what are you up to? Like, whoa, <laughs> buddy. Like, I don't think Jorge Masvidal knows how the whole call-out thing works. Uh, you, you think Nick will fight in 2019? I know what Masvidal did. He just went alphabetical. Nick Diaz, Neil Magny. He's just right in the end. That's all okay. this is. Yeah. Do I think he'll fight next year? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. When I when you sent me that that uh, tweet, the, pointing out the number of the people who've had wins since Nick Diaz last won a fight, <laughs> yeah. my fa- my favorite was Kimbo. <laughs> my favorite was Dan Severn. Well, at least at least Severn's alive. Yeah, but he's like seventy years old. <laughs> a dead man has a win more recently than Nick Diaz. Dan Severn was old in the UFC in nineteen ninety four. That's true. He really <laughs> was old back then. He was like forty. Oh, God. He's written like three memoirs. This this ridiculous. He was in the Olympics before most of these people were even fighters and were born. You know, I think he I, might have legitimately been on or, or hoping to get on an Olympic team that would have competed against the Soviet Union. Sage Northcutt could be his grandkid. Well, okay, let's not get crazy here. The kid's way too shiny for uh, to be a Severn. I meant based on age, not I on know what you meant. I know what you meant. How old is Dan Severn? 56. Dan Severn, friend of the show, by the way. That's right. 63. Uh, 63. He was born in 58. Oh, no. never mind. 64. He's... 64. He's born in what year? 15, it says... He was born in, I'm sorry, 54. Okay, okay. And he's 64 Okay, that, okay that makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, his his overall record is 101-19-7. But his last win coming in April of 2012. You know, you got to feel like kind of a badass. You're like, yeah, I've had 100 wins in cage fights in my life. Why wouldn't you retire after the 100th? 
Why do you go for 101? Maybe it's like a tournament. It wasn't. He, <laughs> he won his 100th, then he lost two in a row and won his 101st. It's a really weird tournament. I guess, <laughs> years apart. But what the hell? Yeah, Nick Diaz. Yeah, he's uh hasn't won in a while. Like, they should put him in against somebody he can actually beat. I don't know who that would be, but... BJ Penn again? <laughs> he could just have, like, every seven years or whatever, he could just beat up BJ Penn. <laughs> the winner of BJ Penn and Ryan Hall. <sighs> I like that Penn's fighting at 145 still, too, for some reason. I find that... This 45? I thought it was 55. I thought it was 45. I thought that fight also already happened. No... No, I think that's on the next show. It's like the opener on the prelims or something. Wow. Former tough winner versus BJ Penn opens the FS1 card. Uh, uh, another guy looking to come back in 2019 is Vitor Belfort. Who didn't see this guy? I, mean, I, I know that uh, De La Hoya said he wanted to do another show. That was my. I'm not joking. I'm not even joking. The, when I saw the thing come at my ESPN app, like, uh, it's like breaking. I'm like, oh, is this really breaking news? The Vitor Belfort to fight again next year. I'm like, well, De La Hoya's got his next fight. I feel like Belfort should be older than 41. He's only 41. Given, you know, he's, uh, he was 19, man. 19. I realize it, but I just feel like, I don't know. It, it, it's weird to think. I don't know how old I think Vitor should be because he still looks pretty good. Uh, if he's back on his medicine, yeah, or even not on the medicine. I mean, I hope I look like that at forty. Yeah, I'm just he was looking pretty deflated there at the end, man. Um, but he said on Ariel Hawani's MMA show on ESPN, "I'm a free agent. We are in conversation in 2019. I will come back. I never planned, but I remember in 2007 I made this decision. Okay, I'm going to be fighting until I'm 40. Here I am finishing this plan I made in 2007. You've got to respect your body and know the time to transition to what's next. A lot of athletes cannot transition. They don't have nothing to do after. Is, is, is he talking about himself? <laughs> Apparently. This is, not like the, this is not a really good way to like sell. Like I'm fighting at 41 years old now. I know that uh, 11 years ago I said I would stop fighting at 40. But I'm going to fight at 41 years old. Now I'm telling you that a lot of athletes, they just don't plan for the future. It's important for an athlete to plan for his transition out of fighting. If he doesn't have any skills, he may hang on for too long and keep fighting. I'm 41, and I'm, good, you know, I'm not there yet. We are looking for a place where we can be a fighter and be the athlete, and we can bring value. I am very thankful with what UFC provide me, and I saw how UFC was run by very smart businessmen. They gave me the opportunity to create my own platform. I have so much things that I want accomplished, and I think the sport needs a change. Oh, he's going to start his own promotion. Awesome. That's what this sounds like. <laughs> I want Peter Belfort's uh, Brazilian fights. Was... Jungle fights, part five. I always hated him. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the steroids or the Jesus shit or he what. He looks like the like, he's he's proof that uh, douche frat boy is not exclusive to America. He, he's just so full of shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's got um, like that. He's he's what people think Tim Tebow is. <laughs> Maybe 
but yeah, rough patch at the end for him in the UFC. TKO lost to Jacare. TKO lost to Musasi. Uh, TKO lost to Kelvin Gastelum overturn for Reed. Uh, he had a win over unanimous win over Nate Marquardt, and then a knockout loss front kick to Machida. So you know when he that uh, that loss to Gastelum got overturned. He probably got that news and it said like, "Hey, Vitor, due to the due to a drug failure, the results of your fight are going to be changed." And he must have been thinking, "Can they change my loss to a win? Is that how this works?" I didn't think that was possible. Like usually, when I fail for stuff, I get punished. But all right. Uh, he also had that bad loss to Weidman where he got that title shot. But uh, yeah, Vitor might come back. Doesn't that sound exciting? Well, uh, I don't even know which Vitor is coming back. I don't know. But, like, he, he'd be fine in Bellator. He could fight, like, Rampage or some shit. Has he ever fought Rampage? Must have. Did they ever fight? I don't think they, I don't think they have. have well, That's really weird. That is weird to think that somehow they would not have fought. But I can't picture them Me neither. fighting. I can also picture how that fight could be terrible. Just a now. Lot of, even at their primes. I mean, because, you know, any Vitor fight could, could have been bad. Right. I don't know. Uh, yeah, look, look, if anywhere he goes, it's going to be something because it's Vitor Belfort. He's, he's one of the very few guys that's a legitimate legend and he, who has a style that, I don't know, it's not like BJ where it's sad. Like, okay, it is sad, actually. It's sad. But I don't really care too much about Vitor Belfort's well being. Like, like you, I'm like, <laughs> Like, I'm not really concerned. Like, I never felt an emotional attachment to him. The closest I felt was when his sister got brutally murdered and killed by some yeah, sort of gang. Yeah. That I'm sure that I'm sure that has something to do with Vitor. Like, it was some sort of, like, payback because he didn't pay a ransom or whatever. And that's why he's so broke up about it today. It's Brazil, man. Like, nothing down there is good. It's a really... You know, like, the, like the top, like... Uh, like mur- like cities like for murder in the world like they're all in Brazil. Like it's a real violent place. Most violent cities in the world. Lombard, Illinois. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. Now like Brazil's got like a lot of them. It's it's a really violent place. All right, let's find out. Like, I, I wouldn't fuck. You. I wouldn't fuck around with Brazilians. Actually, I would because they have like they're mentally weak people. As we've seen in fights over the years, these jokes are only funny if you're like you're one of like a half a person out there who's ever listened to everything I've done. You're like, oh yeah, this is so stupid. It starts at number fifty and works its way down. To let people feel good about their places. I don't know. Number one, I can scroll all the way down. Jeez, can wow, that's weird. Saint, what the fuck? All right, number one. I do it back. Los Cabos, Mexico is number one. All right. That's like Brazil. Okay. 111 homicides per 100,000 residents. <laughs> that's, wow. a, that's only like 1%. That's not that bad. 1% of the people are murdered every year. I mean, I don't know why that's funny. But the put, ma- my math might be right. To put one, in perspective, we are, we are having about 40 or 50,000 people a year in America die from an from opioid o- overdoses, which is a lot, but out of 350 million, and we're calling it an epidemic. 100,000. Oh, it's less, it's, uh, it's 0.1%, 0.1%. 
But either way, I mean, if there uh, were three, if there were three and a half million murders a year in the United States, that's not how much. It'd be three hundred fifty thousand. No, it's not. One percent of three hundred fifty million is yeah, three hundred. It's point one percent. Oh, it's point one percent. Okay. Acapulco, Mexico. Mexico's rough. Uh, I thought I, heard, I thought Mexico was a nice place. We're supposed to let all them come here. Natal, Brazil. There you go. Well, we, you can see why some Mexicans might want to get out of there. I don't care. I don't want them coming here because they're all violent and drug dealers. I heard my president. I heard what he said. My vi- president. <laughs> my president told me they're, they're violent. I can't. <laughs> Fortaleza, Brazil is seventh. Wasn't didn't some fighters get like mugged in Brazil? Wasn't yeah, there something like that no, all the time. No, I mean like before a show or something. Or remember the uh, the swimmer who yeah. was at the gas station R- and got mugged, and, and he didn't even get mugged. That he just lied good. about it. So weird. Venezuela's got one in the top ten. There's a shock. Brazil, Belém, Brazil. UFC's done shows there. Yeah. Look at that, three in the top ten. St. Louis is 13th. Oh, that's a shithole. <laughs> and I think that's really just East St. Louis. But... It doesn't say. Cape Town, South Africa, Kingston, Jamaica, El Salvador. You know, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of Brazilian. You're right. You know what all those places have in common? Baltimore, 21st. Nice. I was what gonna say all, they all have in common. I was gonna say they're all all former colonies. They're all victims of co- colonial oppression, except for Baltimore. Do, do you believe that, or are you just saying that? Well, I think that they all technically were colonies at one point. So. Right. I don't right, know. For, no. Actually, I don't know if that's true about Venezuela. I have no idea. Well, I mean, I'm I'm sure more powerful modern Westernized nations have fucked with them over the years and taken advantage of them in some way. Yeah. All those, <laughs> all those people in their fucking bow and arrows, whatever the hell they had before we showed up. Senebel <laughs> Island. I don't know. Like sometimes like if you don't really think about the way Indians lived, like it wasn't a very good existence. They're all, everybody died young and women just gave birth out in fields and stuff. I don't know. I think we've done pretty well by them. Outside, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the killings, but right. But even like five hundred years ago, it was like the plague and shit in Europe. It wasn't that much better necessarily. And yet, here we are today. Actually, you know what? The longer this conversation goes on, the more and more likely it is that something weirdly like white supremacy is going to be said. And I'm not really comfortable with the way this conversation is going. There, not it's like, on my part. I don't know. It's just like. Uh, that's thing, you know, it's like, well, if, if Europe sucked 500 years ago and America sucked 500 years ago, but now Europe is better. We all started equal. I guess what I'm trying to say is genetically, I mean, maybe there's a genetic component to all the success we're having here. Melanin, man, makes you smart. Or lack of melanin. I'm not really sure what melanin is, but it's something to do with your skin. George St. Pierre says he has fully recovered from his health issues, but unsure if he'll ever fight again. Sounds like him. I'm feeling great physically, in great shape, like never before. Never My... before? Really? Most people get in their best shape of their life after a 15-year fighting career in their late 30s. Yeah. 
the ulcerative colitis is very serious, but I've fully recovered from it. I don't need to take my medication anymore. I could come back, but to tell the truth, it's less and less tempting for me. I did not think I would say that one day. I'm getting older. I don't want to fight a young guy that hasn't made it on the legacy side that isn't a name. I would have nothing to win. Every time we enter the octagon, it's a risk. You could have a bad day. We are always a mistake away from the knockout or a serious injury. <laughs> so it's always a risk, and the risk must be worth it. In other words, I would have fought Connor, but no way you fuck a fight in Khabib, man. Come on. That's what he's saying. The guy doesn't have a legacy. Connor, he's got a legacy. Khabib said that he would like to fight me before the McGregor fight. It did not interest me at the time. He was not famous. He did not beat someone with a title or with a name. Now that he beat McGregor, it's better. Uh, I'm not the guy who calls out people. It's not my personality. I know people are talking about that fight. However, I know the UFC would not be interested in that fight at 155. They know I'm at the end of my career. I have not many fights left. I will come back for maybe one, two, three fights, maybe zero. But maybe I will not come back, and I'm okay with that. I, I, may, maybe I'll come back. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll have three fights. Maybe It's like you only fight once a year at most. It's like three fights is dig into your 40s, asshole. Also, what is this? The UFC wouldn't want that fight at 155. Oh, hey, Dana. I'd like to fight at 155 for the world title. I'm, the, uh, I'm one of the biggest draws you have. Yeah, 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 for sure. Would you like me just to back up? Would you like to be paid in Canadian money or real money? He, uh, I, it's the same bullshit with George, pretty much. Like, which is if great. They, if they, or if there's enough money, he would probably come back. Yeah. But Good it's going to be the right fight. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't have an issue with it, but. I mean, I know that it's going to drag on for years. I know you, you, you like to take management side in these kinds of conflicts, but I think it's good for George to try to get as much as he can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the anti-union person on this show. All right. Moving along. Uh, a guy who also won't be fighting in the foreseeable future is Dominic Cruz. I think we touched on his injury last week. Broken arm. He, uh, shoulder injury. Oh, oh no, it's gonna be out a year. Did tear it or a year? He said, Holy um, fuck. That's my sub, my sub scapularis is completely torn off. The sub scapularis, yes. Wow, Jeez. and my supra, my supraspinatus is 75% torn off. So from what I understand, they have to take the tendon and reattach it with a screw or some sort into the bone to get everything reconnected. It's basically an ACL tear of the shoulder. I like the way he's described it. From what I understand, okay, the doctor explained it to you. He's going to tell me what I understand about this procedure is they're going to attach it with a screw or something. Like, he didn't really listen to the doctor very much, did he? Like... You don't really understand very much at all. Like, your shoulder doesn't work. So from what I understand, they're going to go in there and reattach my shoulder so it works. Okay? Anything anything else you can tell us about this? No. That's it. That's all I understand. With all that being said, how I feel is sadness, extreme sadness, to be honest. It hurts. I want to cry. But I also know that this is a long road that I've had already. You can attack whatever you want to in this situation, but it never defeats me and it never will. I'm not the greatest bantamweight of all time despite my injuries. I'm the greatest bantamweight of all time because of my injuries. That's 
not how that works. That's not how that works at all. I mean, it's a, po- it's a positive it, outlook, though. I mean, if anything, you're not the greatest bantamweight of all time because of your injuries. They didn't make you a better fighter. They've robbed you of the greatest years of your physical prime. And now you're just getting weird shit torn. Like, he is one... He's one arm away from having broke, like, every limb. <laughs> every limb he's had has needed a year's replacement. If I was him, I'd be real fucking nervous about my spine and my head right now. And probably my dick eventually, because nothing works on... Oh, my gosh, his dick is definitely doomed. All of his appendages. He has fought four times since 2011. Still, he's fought a lot more than Nick Diaz. I don't know if that's true. He's won a lot more than Nick that's Diaz. True, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's won triple the amount of times Nick Diaz has in that same time period. What is Nick Diaz's last win? Was it uh... BJ Penn? Oh, that's right. I was I was thinking he had almost never won in the UFC, but I guess is BJ Penn the only win in the UFC since yeah. he came back? Yeah, that's so bad. Yeah, I don't. It, it's like um, he's like Jim Miller, but people like him. What a scam. Yeah. Actually, he's fought three times since 2011. Dominic Cruz has fought more times since 2011 than... Uh, what's his face? Actually, my computer's name. Nick Diaz? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. That, that's what I said. Yeah. yeah, you were right. Of course. Yeah. I know. Cruz I, 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 more than I was Nick. just pulling shit out of, my, out, of, out of thin air there. Yeah, I was, yeah uh, but you got it right. Yeah. No, I... Condit, GSP, and Anderson Silva. Those are his three fights since 2011. Pretty, pretty bad. It's been a very frustrating career, past couple of a half decade for old Nick there, hasn't it? Well, he made more money than he did total in the rest of his career, so True. worked out okay, I guess. Uh, and then Cruz's fought Mizugaki, Dillashaw, Faber, and Garbrandt in that same time period. So there you go. Uh, in upcoming fight news, I don't have the fights in front of me because my computer screwed up. Hang on. Um, I know we've got, uh, Cain Velasquez versus, uh, Francis Ngannou going to be on the first ESPN show in February. Is that good? The first ESPN show? Is that the whole show? Wait, wait, Dillashaw and all that. Is that in Arizona? I believe so. Huh. That's a good show then. I mean, uh, that's a hell of a fight. I mean, it's a really great fight. That's a like in theory, that's a pay per view main event quality fight. There, it's just a pay per view from different eras these guys are so far apart. Like Velasquez is could legitimately be considered from a different era of fighter now. Ah, uh, yeah, totally. Like three or four eras removed at this. Well, point. think of, think of the guys he was beaten. Like, well, JDS is still around, but like he's considered yeah. shot for the most part, but. None of those guys, like Rothwell or Noguera. I mean, I guess Brock, you could argue, is around, sort of. But uh, Bigfoot Silva, all those guys are gone. Yeah. No, uh, I think Velasquez needs to come back and prove that he still has what it takes to compete with uh, this new elite breed of heavyweights like, uh, you know, Curtis Blades and uh, some tall dude. Yeah. UFC on ESPN one is on February 17th in Phoenix. Hmm. Uh, and it is the show. That's not the show with, um, oh, okay. title fight. It's funny. I've always wanted to go to one of the, their shows in Phoenix. Cause I've 
they have just super strong positive associations with Phoenix, but I'll never will. There's a lot of fights on this card. Six. There's already thirteen fights. Um, it, to me, it's a weird it's a weird fight because Kane's been off so long. He hasn't fought since I think UFC 200, where he <laughs> destroyed um, Mrs. Rouse, Mr. Rousey, and he looked he looked incredible. He looked nasty, best heavyweight of all time, like he always would look. But it's like he's been hurt again and hasn't fought in two years. And Ngannou, if he hits you once, you're done. But I don't know if Ngannou beating Kane is like a big win for him at this point. And at the same time, Kane might just destroy Ngannou and totally ruin him like Stipe did. Oh, you know what? It's it's just a weird matchmaking. I don't know what the benefit is for either guy. Like It's kind of a tough fight for Ngannou. That doesn't reap a lot of benefit. Actually, I think the benefit is basically that they are two guys out of the title picture getting to fight a top 10 heavyweight. Yeah. You know, like, that's like, all they could really ask for. Each guy has, you know, a name by heavyweight standards. Not a great Definitely. name or anything yeah. like that, but it's... If you're, if, this is what we got in America, man. We got the guy with brown pride. He doesn't speak... <laughs> We we have a man with brown pride tattooed on his chest, and he didn't speak Spanish when he got it. That's if 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 you want to know what summarizes America, it's that a man so proud of the heritage that he's never embraced that he'll tattoo it on his chest. Very judgmental. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, what else? Hang on, let's look at that UFC. I think the ESPN Plus show, the first UFC on ESPN Plus show, is the one with um, Dillashaw and Cejudo. I think that, like, technically that's a fight night, they're calling it. But it's UFC on ESPN Plus 1 (laughs) is what it's called. It does not roll off the tongue. And that one's in January at Barclays Center. And that's in Brooklyn, which is part of New York City. Yes. Hey, I hey, when I get my geography right, mm-hmm. let's just leave it at that. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's a borough. Uh, I, don't know, I don't even know what that means. What the fuck's a borough? I don't know. No, a, no, nobody, no, play, no city in America has boroughs except for New York. Well, that would make sense. It is by far the largest city in the country. Dicks. What is a borough? A town or district that is an administrative unit. An incorporated, an incorporated municipality in certain U.S. states, each of five divisions of New York City. There you go. All right. Good talk. So UFC 235, we have a few fights announced. This is on March 2nd. Planning ahead here, four months out at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. I want to know the odds on all of these fights happening. Right now, we've got Robbie Lawler versus Ben Askren. Move to that show. Totally is going to happen. Askren uh, is mad because Lawler needs more time to fight. Askren says he can fight him anytime. Uh, that's convenient for Robbie Lawler. I completely believe Ben Askren. <laughs> we also have Jeremy Stevens versus Zabit Magomed Sharapov. That will not happen. <laughs> Why? Because I think people get random injuries when they have to fight ZM Punk. Um, Steven seems like the kind of guy who doesn't really give a shit, though. Yeah, but he's also a moron. Okay, so he could get injured by accident. Yeah. 
Okay. Like, like it'll be in his head that he needs to train harder or something like that. Like his foot could get run over by a tractor or something. He's from Iowa. Maybe hit by a train. He trains with uh, Dominic Cruz a lot, man. That's like true. There's, he does. There's, there's weird shit in that gym. Uh, and we also have another friend of the site, Mickey Gall versus Diego Sanchez. That's a that was that's interesting because Diego looked really good in that last fight of his, but he's still Diego, and Mickey's like. 15 years younger than him at this point? I don't know. Diego's coming off a win over Craig White at UFC 228 in Dallas. And then we've got old Mickey Gall, friend of halfguarded.com, coming off a win over George Sullivan, rear naked choke at UFC Fight Night Geechee versus Vic back in August. Well, good. Good for them both. I hope it's a good fight. And uh, I don't know. It seems like a tough fight for Mickey. Is it? Yeah, just because Diego's really good at what he does still. We've seen that. Like, he's still a good grappler, and that's Mickey's strength. And on the feet, Diego's got more experience. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, plus, Mickey hasn't looked that dynamic in, in his UFC run so far. Fun stat. I like fun stats. Yeah, this is some a sad stat. Uh, in his last 16, <laughs> weird amount, Diego Sanchez is seven and nine. That's a, uh, since a fascinating, a fascinating stat you've concocted there. I don't know why you stopped right there. You could have just, he could also be, I don't know, is, is he, is he, is he, is he eight and nine or whatever in his last 17? Yeah. Okay. Do you know, um, is his he nine wins. and nine in his last eighteen? Yeah. His wins are Paulo Tiago, Martin Campman, Takanori Gomi, Ross Pearson, Jim Miller, Marcin Held, and Craig White. Not it's exactly a, killers. On the other hand, a lot of names. You know, yeah, like well, a, he always fights a name. It's it's like he's never he's never in there with a no name until the last um, one. True. And that was coming off that elbow loss to Matt Brown, which was brutal. Yeah. He did not look good there. And then he also had a KO loss before that to Rage and Al. Well, as we know now, though, that's nothing to be ashamed of, it turns out. True. Now, True. in hindsight, that looks like really like one-sided matchmaking. I like that you're becoming a D- Diego Sanchez sympathizer. Um, well, I'm not a Diego Sanchez denier, if that's what you think. <laughs> I deny he ever existed. Um, in other news, there are no shows this weekend whatsoever that I can find. There's no UFC and there's no Bellator because I think it like Christmas is coming up. Yeah, I'm guessing that people are like, I'm not going to fight three days before Christmas. I'll fight three days after Christmas. <laughs> Just considering all the shows they run and like Christmas falls on a Tuesday, I'm surprised there's no show on Saturday, but there isn't. Thanks a lot, UFC. What are people going to do? Talk to their family? Watch football? Oh, it's probably because there's football in it. But, like, do people, are people getting together the Saturday before when Christmas is on a Tuesday? That seems weird. I have no idea. I'm not getting together with any of them, so. (sighs) Sounds like a good place. What are you doing? You're not doing anything for Christmas? Don't you go to Dakota or some shit? Uh, No, we've actually never gone to Dakotas for Christmas. Oh, pardon me. I expect you to keep track of these things, but, uh, 
no, I will be here. And uh, it's just me, my brother, my mom, and my sister-in-law and the dog. Okay. Sounds awesome. Actually, it's going to be great because I've bought so many good gifts for people. I'm going to totally win Christmas this year. I just okay. fucking lit the world on fire with awesomeness. I've been very, very thoughtful. I put huh. a lot of thought into things, yeah. So you're changing it up this year? Yeah, I wanted to change. Um, I'm hoping that as I've, everyone around me seems to get richer and richer, I can get left in their will or something, so I'm going to become nicer. That smart, smart, yeah. good yeah. angle. Yeah, I'm always thinking. Yeah, one step ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, and I'm going to start gaslighting my brother slowly but surely over the years so that like he only relies on me. Okay. Yeah. I thought you said you were going to gas him at first. Well, I could gas him too. <laughs> like in, uh, what the hell's that movie? I, I see dead people where she's poisoning the daughter. Yeah, uh, Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense. All very, I can think was Shining, yes. Yeah, a variation of Munchausen by proxy, yes. It's exactly something I could see myself doing. Although it, it, it is possible that I would just randomly, I wouldn't say I poisoned my brother to kill him, but I could definitely see me just like drugging him for the hell of it to see what would happen. Well, that's just plain old fun. Like I would, oh my gosh, I would give anything, anything to slip my sister-in-law something. That that would be incredible just to see her get really high and not know what's happening until like halfway through. Be like, oh, you ate one of those cookies? I'm sorry. You're going to have a really weird Christmas now. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of weirdness, uh, Donald Trump's in the news a lot. He's our president. Uh, There's this story about him having to shut down a charity or something because it might be used for his personal gain and whatever it went towards some the campaign i don't know all the details but the one story that caught my eye the most was the fact do you know who the number one uh people to donate to the trump foundation is are mcmahon's Yes, the largest donors to that organization were Vince and Linda McMahon. That's because real recognizes real. I guess. But how great would it be if Vince McMahon (laughs) is the one that takes down Donald Trump? Like inadvertently or whatever. But like back like two, three years ago when we were just talking about Trump running and just first doing the show. I'm like, I, I could never vote for anyone who was at WrestleMania. And like Vince finally can get his win back. He got his head shaved, and now he's going to get Trump impeached by giving him these millions of dollars and it being used inappropriately. You know, it would be so fitting for so many reasons. But imagine, like, the whole world would see a pro wrestler take down the President of the United States, and they would laugh at it. It would be the perfect way for this thing to end. It's, like, so poetic. It it would be spectacular, and... It, it would it would vindicate Vince McMahon's entire life. <laughs> like think about like he he would legitimately be able to like hey man I really pulled off I took down a president motherfucker like like that's a pretty baller move but also it would split America because half the country would be people like us to be laughing at this and think this is so crazy. Then the other half of the country would be absolutely be like, yeah, I can see where this happened. Yeah, Vince hates him. We all know this. They got a feud. I, saw, I watched it on Raw. <laughs> well, the, there was one how many, where, how Remember when kids... the stock dropped because people really thought Trump was taking over or something or yeah, Vince died? People are stupid as shit. 
I get so here's the the basic gist of the story that. The attorney general suit alleges that Trump uses charities money as his own piggy bank, including to help his presidential campaign by paying for giveaways at Iowa rallies. The foundation has little more than a che- was little more than a checkbook for payments to not for profits from Mr. Trump or the Trump organization. Um, the Washington Post reporting showed that for years, Trump appeared to use the foundation, which was by law an independent entity to make payments that bolstered his interests. So basically he's like, yeah, there's nothing there. Shuffling money around. But here's the thing. Like, why wouldn't, if you're worth billions of dollars, why would you take money from your nonprofit? Why not just take money from your businesses and use that instead? Or is that illegal too? I, it's the same reason the Clintons have their giant Clinton foundation. It's there's something about the way that these charities work with these rich people. I don't know what it is, but they all seem to have them and they use them to spend. And I think it's, it's like it's, a way to hide money or something. It, I think it's personally a way to hide. Yeah. It's gotta be a way to hide Ta- money. To be, be taxes. It's, yeah. it's helping you beat taxes while maintaining a lifestyle or whatever. Like my guess is that whatever's going on with the charity, like they're not going to find anything because they hire good lawyers on this stuff. Like this is a this is an accounting thing. It's a paperwork deal. I'm sure they're careful enough. And if they're not, oh well, Donald Trump stole money from charities. Fucking news at nine. WWE gave 114 times as much to the foundation as Trump did himself. In 2009, form show the WWE gave one million more, uh, and over five million dollars in total. I have no idea why any of this stuff happens other than I'm positive this is a tax scam. Like there's got to be some deal where like the McMahons have a charity and Trump has a charity and they all like keep track of and give each other the exact same amount so they can like shuffle money around and there's like one white collar law firm and accounting firm Arthur Anderson is doing all of it or something. It just looks so shitty too because like Linda gets this like position yeah. in the cabinet it's just like looks so bad and, and i i'm sure i'm not and i'm not just putting that on trump i'm sure no, I shit like that happens with obama and everybody but even so it's just like every day there's some stupid story like this that comes out on him and it's like none of it ever sticks so it's like at this point like I, i've kind of just stopped paying attention but this one just caught my eye because it was vince and i think it's hilarious that vince could be involved in this like huge scandal if only can you imagine raw did you see they were gonna like they were claiming it was like a brand new start to raw and they opened the show with 70 something year old vince coming out stephanie triple h and shane that's like the new the new generation it's like holy shit it's like uh so bad a, a retro thing i don't know trump's president <laughs> Like well, that's kind of like, new and like, di- well, like, that's different. But like least. literally anything, like when anything happens, and you're like, "What's going on?" You just go, "Yeah, Trump's president." Of course, the McMahon's are, are new and, and improved or whatever. Boys are girls, girls are boys. Trump's president. Uh, this man is hip and young. Uh, we were talking about India earlier yes. and um, how steroids could possibly get in in food. Um, well, it's funny you had mentioned that. A toxic pesticide that a UN agency wanted India to ban a decade ago contaminated food that killed at least 15 people at a temple last week. More than 100 also had to go to hospital after devotees consumed portions of tomato rice 
blessed at the Hindu temple in the southern Indian state of Karnataka. We live in a world where 15 people in India get food poisoning and die. And it's a story somehow. That's crazy, man. That it's a story? Or you think that happens a lot? I'm very confident that people die of food poisoning in India all the time. It's a very unsanitary country. It's really not sanitary at all. The the Ganges River and all that shit. Those people, lots of those people are really poor. I I like how you speak so assuredly on these places when, like, you only fly to Denver for weed and go to the Dakotas a couple times a year. I read a lot, though. (laughs) I don't go to poor places. I'm not stupid. I'm not going to visit a poor place where you're going to die of food poisoning. I'm an idiot. Like, I haven't been to North Korea, and I know that sucks. A senior police officer told Reuters that laboratory tests showed the presence of monocrotophis, a pesticide which attacks the nerves in food and vomit samples. Sounds like a good job to have. We were trying to find out how the food got contaminated and not ruling out foul play. We have detained a few people and are inquiring further. I thought, and maybe it is foul play, but there's something about like, I don't know, the idea of a, a poisoning at an Indian wedding or something like that. Like, it's very Game of Thrones. The same pesticide was responsible for the death of 23 school children in the eastern state of Bihar in 2013. Ooh. One of India's worst mass poisonings. That was caused by cooking oil kept in a container previously used to store monocroptophos. At least in America, our kids die from guns. They're not dying from whatever that is. Food in a bucket. Pesticides. Uh, Actually, this uh, pesticide is illegal in 46 countries. What about America? Uh, It doesn't say. I'm presuming we're one. I'm hoping we're one of the 46. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe Trump took that away. That's probably some liberal Obama bullshit sounds Trying like to it. hold down the businesses damn right you don't know how this press is hey they got rid of ddt and now millions of people are dead in africa so i don't trust all this shit i don't trust jake the snake roberts yeah i know i that dude's totally a scam artist he's, he's he's getting high i'm sure that whenever you see him he's like i'm so clear and clean it's like really i just want a good drug i'm on something new i'm storting aspirin I'm not, sure, I'm not sure of the reason, but while the Memphis Tigers basketball t- team took on number three tennis vol- Tennessee Volunteers, a man at the sold-out FedEx Forum took care of his number two business and was subsequently arrested. A security guard was Wait, hold making... on, hold on, hold on. Yes. I think it would be an amazing story mm-hmm. if you just stop right there. Okay. The story would be... In a, basketball, in a college basketball game, a man uh, relieved himself and got arrested. And that's all it would be. Presumably, he just went to the bathroom like any other person would, took a shit, and just happened to be the unlucky son of a bitch who was shitting when they had just outlawed taking a dump. No. Uh, maybe he got into some of that poison rice. I don't know what caused this. But a security guard was making her way from a stairwell and saw the man later identified as 46-year-old Royce Tomas Lodos. 
squatting behind a concession stand. She went over to Lodos and found that he had his pants off his body, <laughs> exposed himself to several people walking nearby, and was defecating on the floor. Okay, was he really exposing himself to people, or was he just taking a shit and happened to be exposing himself? To me, exposing myself is kind of like you wiggle it around like you're Ric Flair or some shit like that. The security guard called for her partner, who saw the same thing. Lodos told police officers that police officers that people in the restrooms were taking too long to clear out, so he had to do what he had to do. I'm guessing that somewhere in this story, the the some combination of the words, police suspect that the man had been drinking will be uttered. That I don't have, but it seems believable. Usually. I don't, okay. I'm surprised don't, this doesn't happen more often. It's more, well, it's kind of, I don't know. I would probably just wait. Well, yeah. I generally Have you think, ever like, had to shit so bad that you're going to shit in an arena in the middle of the staircase? Okay, okay. No matter how drunk you are? Like, I, I can see, like, you know, pissing in the parking garage or something. Okay, yeah, because, Okay. <laughs> I, yes. I had a gun pulled on me when I tried to, when I took a piss in New York outside. We've discussed that at times, and so that's happened. Um, I think I don't know. Like I guess if I you, if you really had to go, mm-hmm. I guess going to stairwell is all you could do. Like if you, like let's say if it was a real emergency, it's an emergency. Now the fact that they but are, time they, out. Don't you just go to the line in the bathroom and say, "Guys, I really got to take a shit." Like, get, do you mind if I go ahead? Um, like, I don't know. Like, like if all you the ate the poison, occupied. if you ate the poison rice and we're in your seat and you're like, "Oh, my stomach's not feeling good. I gotta get to the bathroom." Like you're running yeah, yeah. to the bathroom. I know, but you like don't what shit in the middle of public? But like, the, what if the bathroom's full? You wait a second. Again, it, maybe he can't wait, so he goes to the stairwell and does his business. And, you still uh, had to walk all the way from the stairwell. It's an arena. There's probably fucking twenty toilets right in that room. So it's gonna clear okay. up pretty quick. If you think that you can wait, you wait. If you don't think you can wait, what's your alternative? I've, I've just never been in that situation, so I well, guess I'm having a hard time relating. Yeah, I don't think you drink enough. You haven't re- you, you got to well, – actually, I don't really drink much anymore. But you really get going there. Usually I'm pissing. I'm not shitting. I mean, and that's going to be like beer shits too. That's not going to be good. But and, gonna... and the fact that they arrested him tells you that this was not innocent. Like if it, if it really had been like a situation where it'd be like, I'm sorry, the thing, the fucking thing was full. I am so embarrassed. This is, I just, I didn't know what to do. I tried to hide. I, and people would be like, okay, let's get you off to the corner. Instead, he's probably like sitting there waving his dick around shit and going, fuck you guys, man. I had to take a shit. You can kiss my, my black ass. I don't want to be black. He he's was not white. He was white. No way there's a black guy. It's totally a white guy, white kid thing. He's a white fret boy. He's older. Anyway, uh, changing subjects slightly. In Hendersonville, Tennessee, a man is accused of urinating onto 50 pairs of children's shoes at the Hendersonville Walmart. Philip Lightfoot was charged with a misdemeanor and is currently being held on other charges. Where's this at? Uh, Tennessee. Okay. Probably where Kane lives. Hendersonville police say they received a complaint from Walmart on March 5th of the suspect publicly relieving himself on the shoes, which are valued at $550. What, do you Wal- piss on like 1,200 pairs of shoes if they're at Walmart? And they're kids. 
Uh, Walmart discarded the soiled shoes, shockingly. Wait, did they say it was in public he did this? He, you tell me he didn't take the children 500 hours worth of kids' shoes in private to the bathroom, pee all over them? No. Which would be so much fucking better. There's some guy <laughs> grabs a shopping cart, just starts piling shoes in them, goes to the thing like, sir, sir, you can't go in the bathroom with merchandise. He just closes his door, just pissing all over him. What, I didn't do it in public? I don't understand, like, what what's going on there. I'm going to guess drugs or some sort. Or it's Walmart. But the fact small. that the fact that it's kids' shoes is just makes it funnier and more weird. Um, do you have guess on this man's ethnicity? Uh, Hispanic. He is African American, huh. and, and he's being charged with vandalism under a thousand dollars, criminal trespass, disorderly conduct, and the kicker: violation of probation. Oh well. I'm surprised that if he's a black guy, they didn't give him assault with a deadly weapon, whipping around his dick. He's, you know, big. Do you think someone who works at Walmart for minimum wage should get more money for discarding those piss shoes? The Waltons uh, could probably afford it, right? It's not a question if they can, can afford it. It's whether they, morally, that it would be right for them to give somebody more money if for, I mean, again, morally, this person is agreed to terms of a contract. Now, just because it's sometimes, just because there's $500 worth of P-covered shoes, it would be immoral to give them more money because that would be, you're not giving money to all the other workers. And that's just, it's unfair. You have to treat people equally. Equity is the highest principle, as I've learned from all the socialists in the world. We all need to be treated equally from each his own or to each his own, whatever the fuck. If you can do it, you have to do it. That's the rule. So, yeah. You know, All right, some... there were 50 pairs of children's shoes there and 50 full-time employees getting paid $11 an hour. Did they get a little perk before Christmas for each getting rid of one of the pairs? If they each did one shoe or one pair of shoes, um, you if you wanted to, you could, but again, they've already, no, you couldn't, because I want to be fair to the workers at other Walmarts who've also collectively bargained. They're all in this together. And let's face it, it's Walmart. You think there's not a designated team of employees on every shift dedicated just to cleaning up urine spots and stuff? Remember people of Walmart? That was kind of a good bit. You yeah, don't see until, those anymore. Yeah, because it's just all of us. <laughs> I resemble that remark you even have a walmart near you 25 minutes away oh yeah there's one on cape two on cape maybe Hmm. we have a kmart 20 minutes away you guys still have kmarts yeah there's not many but yeah yeah this has been uh reliving box stores on halfguarded.com we got a target coming to the cape because Sears closed. Sears is getting replaced by Target. You take uh, one of Chicago's own and replace it with Minneapolis. Oh, is that? I don't even know. Okay. Yeah. The Target Center and all that shit. It's weird. My washing machine broke and like I called Sears and they still have people like come and fix that shit. But there's no stores and they're out of business. I was like, all right. Yeah, some of their parts of, their, of the Sears brand and business are really successful. 
But yeah. I think, like, well, like, yeah, it costs a hundred bucks just to get them to come and look at your shit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I bet they're scam artists. Well, you have no choice. It's either that or buy a new washer. Do you know today I uh, my microwave broke and I bought a new mic. Well, I kind of bought a new microwave and I replaced it myself, like an overhanging one. Wait, 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 hold on. Yeah, you kind of bought it. Did you? Did you just steal it? <laughs> I can't go into details how I got my hands on this microwave, but it, what? It's you like took it one, from work. It's one that hangs above. No, I didn't. It's one that hangs. Above I like the you're range. like. Wait, no, 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 no. Let's be real clear. I did not no, steal from. No, because we don't have that that kind. But but anyway, you know how some microwaves yeah, hang yeah. above like the stove. Yeah, I got. Like one. I took that. I took that fucker out and and replaced it myself. It was pretty good. Wow. Because sometimes like. Like, I just YouTube shit like that now. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I, I can probably do that. I did that when I, when I fixed that lamp. I know. That, that was big. But um, it's one of those things that you probably only replace, like, once or twice in your life. Because, like, the, my house is, was built in 02, and we still have all, like, the original appliances. So it's like such shit's starting to break all the time now. I'm like, mm, maybe I can save some money and figure this out on my own. But it's actually relatively easy. Plus, it's a, it's a microwave. Like... It push comes to shove, you just buy one for 30 bucks at Walmart. Yeah, but I needed, if I was trying to make it easy, so I had to find like the same model and stuff. It, it's a long story. But anyway, in closing, people listen to this. Maybe. <laughs> That's not definite. Uh, I, I figure we should finish with a, a story revolving around Christmas. It is the holidays, it's that time of year. Um, so this one caught my eye. Uh, the headline reads, Santa rips off his beard and yells, get the fuck out after fire alarm goes off. It's good that he's used the word fuck. If you're going <laughs> to rip off your beard when you're Santa Claus and just expose the fraud of the whole thing, you might as well also just throw in a gratuitous swear. Uh, this guy... May have re- overreacted. I don't know. I wasn't there. This happened in Cambridgeshire in England. He overreacted. How dare you? Uh, a bad Santa ruined the magic of Christmas for dozens of children in St. Ives when parents claimed he ripped off his hat and beard and started swearing at them. <laughs> They're usually civil. This story is really good for a number of reasons, but I'll, I'll let you figure those out. The usually civil annual Father Christmas grotto experience. Usually civil, as in like sometimes this stuff happens. Every once in a while, Santa Claus loses his shit. (laughs) Christmas grotto experience was being staged at the Corn Exchange Market Hill on Sunday when disaster struck. Disaster. The descent into chaos began when smoke machines from a separate family-friendly blow-your-whistle rave event held downstairs triggered the fire alarm. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Fucking family-friendly rave. I'm sorry. I am never going to be lectured by somebody from England again in my life. Family-friendly rave event. The smoke machine from the family-friendly rave alerted people to something being amiss. I don't know why it's called blow your whistle rave event either. All I the picture kids all must the... bring, bring whistles and blow them and dance around with glow sticks and shit. You know those 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 whistles that you have like you, like referees have on their fingers. I picture people like everybody in there like blowing the whistles like the, instead of like a like. Uh, 
how rave kids also have, uh, you know, uh, pacifiers. They have whistles. There's blowing whistles. And so, meanwhile, the sound of people with a whistle rave of children didn't distract anybody but the, the smoke machine. Around 50 children and their parents were left open-mouthed when in the process of guiding families to safety, it is alleged Santa began acting very strangely, freaking up his costume and issuing a few choice words. A spokesman for St. Ives said last Sunday during a family rave event in the Corn Exchange, St. Ives, the fire alarms were activated by smoke in the charter hall. Santa was upstairs in his grotto. <laughs> you can't call it a grotto when the man rips off his mask and screams, get the fuck out of here as he's, as he's, as he's barreling past children like George Costanza and you're calling it a grotto? I can't. I can't get it together. I mean, see, your parents, your parents are in some store, and your your kids see Santa rip off his beard and go, "Get the fuck out of here!" And you got to be going. That's really traumatic. That 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 that's the kind of thing my kids gonna remember forever. Meanwhile, the family friendly whistle rave is happening, and they're just going, "Oh, that's totally fucking normal, man." But Santa up there in the grotto isn't who we thought he was. I bet the, guy the people. The guy getting paid 12 bucks an hour to have little English kids spit in his face isn't quite up to snuff. Little kids go down and they go to the whistle rave and then they come up and they're just blowing that fucking whistle right in Santa's ear all day. I bet the people at the whistle rave couldn't even hear the alarm going off because it's a rave with all this crazy EDM music they just the going beat off dropped. and blowing whistles and shit. They're like, oh, the beat, it's, it's the boom dropped. We, we, the, yeah, beat dropped, whatever. I think I said it right. You had it. Santa was upstairs in his grotto, an event organized by Festival Events St. Ives, and immediately assisted in the evacuation of the building. Uh, Did he really Santa- assist? <laughs> is, that, is that how we're going to phrase this now? He was assisting? Okay. Uh, Festival Events wishes to apologize for any offense or distress caused to parents and children by their attempts to ensure all visitors and staff had ex- exited the building and were safe. Uh, a Cambridge- Sorry we saved you. A Cambridgeshire mum who wished to remain anonymous claimed Santa used the most vile language. She told Cambridgeshire Live, the smoke machine set the fire alarms off at the venue. People were in the process of vacating the building and in came angry Santa swearing, using the most vile language, ripping off his hat and beard, with steam literally coming from his ears. Not too sure why he was so cross. He was shouting at people to leave, which is exactly what we were doing. Very strange behavior. I'm sorry. It sounds to me like Santa's instructions worked. Did did anybody die? No. There there wasn't even a fire, though. Oh, well. Merry Christmas. (laughs) The incident led parents to frantically try and explain what was wrong with Santa to their children. One little boy was left particularly upset when Santa used the F word, a parent claimed. He then he then returned to the whistle rave and danced the night danced away all of his fears and upset feelings. My friend's little boy was upset as his dad was carrying him when Santa told him to get the fuck out. We told our children he wasn't the real Santa, he was an imposter and will be going on the naughty list. The free Santa Grotto event was billed as an opportunity for children to come in and see Santa and his chief snowman with each child receiving a gift. Well, they're going to get a gift they never will forget. That is for sure. Um, The idea that 
hearing Santa Claus say fuck is like traumatic to children. I understand how that happens. Like I'm not I'm not oblivious to the idea of little children and Santa and all this. I know how it works. But that only works in a society that doesn't also have children going to whistle raves. Like your kids can't go to whistle raves in the basement and then come upstairs and get upset if Santa Claus isn't quite as authentic and cheerful as they used to hear from him. Ah, uh, it's so good. I just not a picture... creature was stirring, not even a mouse, except for a little Jimmy down there going, unts, 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 unts. he's fucking tripping his balls off, eating fucking wands, glow in the dark wands. I just love the image of the Santa tearing his shit off and screaming at everybody. And there's not even a fire. Like, it was, like, so unnecessary. Just the whole thing's awesome. I mean, oh, there's so all, these, like, all these kids that kind of look like goth kids are coming out with everybody. That are, like, the, the fucking people in the street are just like, what the fuck is going on? There's Santa Claus and a bunch of, like, looks like preteen ravers. What is going What the hell? What is Woolworths doing? Christmas has gotten weird. This war on Christmas is, man, this Brexit's hitting England hard. <laughs> I think that does it for this week. I think it does. Yes, everybody. All right. Well, Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. Uh, we should be back next week unless something weird happens. Uh, check us out on halfguarded.com, halfguarded Twitter, halfguarded Instagram. This here show, you can also listen on iTunes, Google Play, and various other streaming platforms. We will catch you next week. Bye bye. Get up, cocksuckers. It's all over. Listen, we had a rough couple of months. Fucking Katrina's cousin Maria. The other one, Puerto Rico, Houston, fucking Florida. Listen, it's been tough up to now. The earthquake in Mexico. Uh, you know, the White House, whoever the fuck is going on. But it don't matter. They want to shoot. It's time for us to fucking shoot, cocksuckers. They want to get down and dirty. Don't forget who the fuck we are. You understand me? We're the baddest motherfuckers out there. You send a message to that fucking North Korean. He's going to be sniffing my dick and sucking my asshole. That's the focus. We're going to North Korea in like a year. It's going to be an island. It's going to glow in the dark. You know why? Because we're Americans, cocksuckers. Who the fuck do you think you're dealing with? Stop with the gun control. They're selling more guns than ever the last three days. Stop with the fucking whining. Stop with the Russians on Facebook. I don't give a fuck. Worry about yourself. Keep your eyes open. And get the fuck off Snapchat and fucking Twitter, cocksucker. Stay black.